to the Games for Girls podcast. I am so excited about this guest because she's one of the voices that we've been missing in this fight. We've been missing the coaches. We've been missing the officials, the authority figures. Jackie Folkrod is the former president of the Cheyenne Tennis Association board. Keep watching to find out why I use the word former. Okay, Jackie, you made headlines. And I want to tell you from the bottom, uh, bottom of my heart, just how grateful I am for these headlines. Um, I was telling you off camera, your voice and the voices like yours are the voices that we've been missing in this fight. Um, so would you mind just sharing a little bit about your story, uh, what these headlines I'm referring to really are, what your position was and what your responsibilities were before all of this happened? Sure. So I had volunteered with our Cheyenne Tennis Association. It's a basically a community outreach for local tennis um, at the rec level to have involvement in the in tennis as a community. And so we host a tournament every year called the Governor's Cup. And um, when it was brought to my attention about a week and a half before the tournament, maybe about two weeks, um, that there was going to be a transgender athlete that was a male transitioning to female playing in the women's draw. I was very much against it and thought that's not the place where we need to have men playing. I feel like women should play against women in a women's draw because it's specifically for women. And um, when I was told the news, um, we were at a meeting to try to just figure out the final details of our tournament. This was kind of like a bomb that was dropped on the board. And, and um, so I, I was like, okay, well, we can't, you know, we have to reevaluate what it is that we're offering because we need to be honest. I felt like that was the most important um, to let our community members know what was happening um, because I felt like everybody deserved to have a choice of whether or not they wanted to participate or if they wanted to withdraw the registration. And as you know, it's probably not the most comfortable or polite conversation, but it is something that is in, um, you know, ever present in a lot of sports and athletics. And I felt like, you know, this isn't right for our community. We are not, we are not about supporting having, you know, men take over women athletics because my mind went to what is the next thing that is going to happen? What is the next sport that is going to be in jeopardy of having a man come in and over, you know, overtake women's opportunity. So I, um, you know, I had a couple like, you know, I guess clerical type things I needed to finish up before I submitted my resignation, but it was within 24 hours of, finding out the news um, about the tournament and how it was, you know, pushed aside and it needed to be kept hush hush at the upper levels. I guess you could say we are because we are a rec sport and it was a sanctioned tournament by USTA. USTA is sort of like the governing body for the tournament and their policies for transgender athletes um, is very loose and there isn't a guideline that specifically says yes or no. So it's up for interpretation basically at the, local level. And my interpretation was, no, this is not appropriate for our tournament. Um, like I said, I was the minority in the room. Um, while other board members might have been, you know, upset about it, uh, they weren't as vocal to take a stand. So I, of course, I did resign. And after I resigned, I, I wasn't expecting, you know, the media to kind of take off with the story. I wasn't expecting to be approached by the newspaper. Um, my ambition or my desire was to reach out to my representative 
and figure out a way that we could do some kind of law to protect women's sports because I felt like it was missing at the rec level. Um, Wyoming had just recently passed a law for protection for females in um, like scholastic sports. So from seventh grade to senior year that they had made the law, you know, we're not going to have men competing in women's sports. And while that is great, and I'm happy that we have that in place, um, it, it leaves a lot of um, a lot open, I guess, as far as after, you know, after high school. And because we were wreck, it, we, we didn't apply for that law to protect us as far as like saying, no, we're not going to have this gentleman play in the women's draw. Um, so once I, I was actually out of town this last week. So this last week was of course the tournament and I wasn't anticipating anything. And Cowboy State Daily, one of the reporters had reached out to me and asked if he could do an article. And I had agreed willingly. I, I would have to say, I, I do respect Leo and his reporting skills because everything that I had said in our interview, he directly reported. Um, and he was fair. I do feel like he gave, you know, my perspective as well as Ross's perspective, because he did reach out to him. Um, and so obviously there's a, a disagreement between the two parties because I believe one way and he believes another. Um, and so then once I had done the article with Cowboy State Daily, it kind of hit media and after social media, I mean, it took off. Like after that, it was like wildfire. And I was surprised at all the outlets that had picked up the story and had run with it. And then what is even more surprising is how it changes the, the headline. <laughs> um, because I went from being the president of the board to a tennis coach to an official. Um, and while it can be left up for interpretation, I don't want to give um, you know, misinformation. I'm, I'm not a tennis coach by any stretch of the imagination. I don't have the qualifications or the certifications behind me to, to stand as such as a coach. Um, I was simply the board president and I just, I was not okay with the direction that things were heading. And I felt like I needed to extend my efforts in a different direction to help protect women athletics, at least in our state at the very minimum, um, to set a precedence that this is not okay in Wyoming and we won't tolerate it. So that's kind of how it evolved. And now here we are today. <laughs> well, again, I think it's amazing you're here today, but you're right. There's a lot of levels to this. I don't think people mm -hmm. realize, right? There's, there's of course the federal level where we have title nine, but there's also right. the state level, as you mentioned, and there's varying levels of protection, even among the mm -hmm. state level, but then you also have policies and guidelines, um, mm -hmm. such as, you know, the tennis guidelines, um, right. Which, so there's a lot of a lot of different things going on, but I want to I want to go back to that board meeting. So they mm -hmm. they had you guys in here. This was kind of like a bomb, as you mentioned. And mm -hmm. were you kind of just expected not to tell the athletes? I, I'm sure they didn't explicitly say don't tell the athletes, but was it kind right. of like this is happening? It's a non-negotiable. Here we are. Right. It was, you know, I wasn't told that I couldn't have my opinion. So I do want to, I guess, be fair about that. However, it was, we're not going to take into account what it is that you're saying. We're, we've made a decision at the tournament level and above, and this is how we're going to handle things. And it was basically, we will notify the athletes in that specific draw. And if they choose to withdraw their registration, they can. And then, um, you know, the expectation was they were thinking that the competition wouldn't be there for Ross to make it worth his while to drive up to Wyoming to play the tournament. So without taking a stand and saying, no, we're not, we're not 
going to allow this to happen and we are going to protect our women draw. It was like, well, we'll just wait and see how it plays out and hope for the best. And I just, I wasn't comfortable with that. I didn't think that that was, you know, appropriate for what, what it is that we stand for. And you also mentioned the guidelines. And I was curious, I looked up what the United States Tennis Association guidelines were, and it says, for a sufficient length of time to minimize gender-related advantages in sport competitions. And I thought this was so interesting because by making such a statement, they're acknowledging the obvious, and that's Mm -hmm. that one gender does, in fact, have advantages over the other, which is more than... (laughs) sadly, this is more than a lot of organizations are doing, governing bodies are doing. Um, But they're also acknowledging that there's no way necessarily to eliminate those advantages, only to minimize them. Thus admitting that there is no way to both be inclusive and fair when it comes to this. And so I I appreciate how you mentioned those guidelines are incredibly lenient. Um, It doesn't necessarily have any strict, you know, cutoffs that which would really make sense um Mm -hmm. but another question i had is is was is there age ranges as well in these categories that this this draw um did they have this split up by of course sex and age within the within the sex or was it just all women competing against each other it was uh all women because it's an open draw and then how how a tournament will break down is based on levels so we'll have anywhere from like a three five singles which is pretty new to tennis all the way up to probably, I mean, I think you can have like four or five, five O rated tennis players. Um, and, and I don't want to, you know, bash our, our tennis community in Wyoming, but there are probably not going to be as many women who are rated at the four or five level in singles as we would have at like three, five or four O. And so the competition would be, I mean, it would, be at a disadvantage if this player Ross decided that he was going to come in and play um, the open women's draw. And the other thing is that it allows, um, we have some of our high school athletes that would have been able to compete in this draw. So senior girls essentially from high school would compete in this open draw. And then it would be a very, a very uneven competition. You know, they're as a you know, 17 year old, 16 to 18 year old, I would say, you're still developing. So you have that. I mean, granted, if you play an adult woman, there's a there's a difference there. But then if you're playing against a man, I mean, there's just such a huge gap as far as advantage that he would essentially have over all the players. And that's, you know, giving him an unfair advantage to win. And I know that a lot of the articles had noted that, you know, this tournament wasn't a huge deal. It's not a, you know, a nationally recognized tournament and it's you know it's not that many points but still in all you get points from a tournament and it helps your rating as a USTA player and then it essentially will help you in your seating so whether it's one point or 20 points it's still points that are added to your rating and it does make a difference because if you're at the very top of your game and you are seated at number two because there's a difference of you know two points wouldn't this tournament have made a difference So it just, it's interesting how that conversation went that it's like, oh, it's not that big of a deal. But then if we were to essentially allow this, you know, matchup to happen, then my question was, well, then what's the next thing? What is going to be the next athlete that is going to have to go up against a man in a women's competition? And then what is that set? And it's, you know, I think that it, it essentially 
is like a ripple effect of how it affects, you know, the, the men and the women in our society as far as what opportunities as women we have. Absolutely. So. No, for sure. And, and that's what we're seeing, right? right. Um, was this the first tennis match or, or draw um, that Ross had entered into as a woman on the, in the women's category? No, he had played in tournaments down in Colorado, and I believe um, he is also a collegiate level player. So I think he's down in Texas um, with one of the D2 schools down there. And I know that he was quoted saying that, you know, I haven't had this kind of pushback before. And I just wonder, is it because so many people are conditioned to believe they can't make a stand and they can't have a voice of their opinion because of everything that is associated with coming out against you know, transgender athletes, it's, you know, you, you do face a lot of fire and, um, you know, I have to say I'm pretty fortunate as far as where I live and the community that we're a part of that the majority has been in support of it. Like this is enough. We need to have somebody stand up and take initiative because we do need to protect women athletics. So. Absolutely. Yeah. I want um, to talk to you about that support. Um, because again, we were talking off camera a little and, and I think understandably and naturally so, there is kind of this, which you didn't really hesitate, you were done within 24 hours, which is phenomenal. But speaking from my experience and, and talking with girls who, who went through the Leah Thomas situation, they were hesitant. Um, they were scared of, of the cancel culture that we live in. They were scared of the labels, um, the backlash that they would receive. Um, what has that support looked like for you, um, since these, these headlines came out and has it been overwhelming? Is it, you know, is it more than you expected you would get? It is absolutely more than I expected I would get. I never imagined that, you know, people across the globe would reach out to me and say, thank you so much for taking a stand. And I mean, it brings tears to my eyes that, you know, parents would reach out and say, because of you you know, I feel like my daughters will have a chance to play um, or compete in whatever they decide to compete in. It may not necessarily be tennis. Um, I had a, a father of a one and a half year old and he was like, you know, I know my daughter is only one and a half, but I can't imagine living in a world where she doesn't have the opportunity. So thank you so much for, for taking the chance to, you know, stand up and, and be the voice for women because we need that in our culture. So it has been overwhelming as far as support. And um, it was certainly not anything I ever expected. I, you know, I wanted to make a difference in my community. I just didn't know at what level it would reach. Um, so that has been, I mean, that has been probably the greatest blessing. Um, you know, I was a little bit hesitant to, you know, give up tennis because I love it. It's something that you, I feel like you can always play it. And um, while I may not be a part of the CTA, I do know that I wouldn't be banned from our courts locally. <laughs> I think that, I mean, that was one of my fears yes. that, you know, that I'm going to be banned, that people wouldn't want to play with me because that's the crazy lady that said something. Um, and so I just, you know, after hearing what I have heard, it just, it's been, you know, heartwarming and very humbling that there is a community out there that is like, finally, there is, this is a, you know, a wave that's happening. It's not, we're not going to go silently. Um, and that we would have a community to support us in, in this fight for, for women athletics. So that has been the, I think the greatest surprise of all of this. Do you think other board members will follow suit? 
Well, I could say for sure my mom did. <laughs> she yes. was on the board as well. And her and I, I mean, we had a conversation and with, you know, after finding out the news, we were both like, we can't do this. This isn't, you know, I have nieces and I, I just, I can't imagine them not having the opportunity, you know, they're young. And so it was, you know, that notion of if I, if I have an opportunity to do something, I'm going to take the opportunity to do something. And she was of the same mindset that, you know, she doesn't want her little granddaughter to be like, well, MAGA, why? That's what she calls her is MAGA. <laughs> uh, why would, you know, what happened when this all was going down? What, you know, what part did you play in it? And, you know, to have that little voice of like, you know, you never know who you're influencing or who's looking up to you. So to have that in the back of the mind of like, yes, this is the right fight to fight. And we will absolutely stand up. As far as the other board members go, I'm not sure. I'm not sure I'm their favorite as far as like, because this kind of all blew up and it was right before the tournament. And granted, I think timing is everything. And at the same time, timing is everything. And yeah. I feel like it, you know, I, it just is what it is. And it happened at the time that it happened. And, you know, from what I can tell, as far as like the draws go, I think, you know, they want to say that they had a very successful tournament. Ross did withdraw from the tournament. Um, so there's both sides of that. Like I had the reporter reaching out to me, like, well, what is your comment about him withdrawing? And I said, it, it doesn't change my comment about women and athletics and men playing in women athletics. That still stands. Whether he plays or doesn't play, it's still wrong that he would play in the women's draw. And, you know, I think it's a little bit of like that baiting of like, you know, oh, well, we had some kind of success. And I don't know that that's necessarily the case. I think this is just only the beginning of a greater battle that we would be faced in at least our state. I know that there are other states that are probably facing the same thing, um, especially at the collegiate level. I know that that is that's a huge issue. Absolutely. And you have the support of tennis legend, Martina. I know. Which is amazing. It really is. Um, it is. Someone so influential, so mm -hmm. prominent, and, and she is on the other side of the political spectrum uh, as it pertains to other issues. It really mm -hmm. does mean a lot. Um, it shows mm -hmm. that common sense Americans right. know that this is wrong. They know mm -hmm. this is Fair. Even the, the USTA policies admit this is unfair. They admit it's wrong, mm -hmm. whether it's, it's blatantly, you know, whether they put that in explicit words or, or they word it how they did. They know right. this is wrong. So to mm -hmm. have team support, um, I imagine that's that's pretty cool. I That was cool. That was really cool to see her come out. And, you know, the timing of her article with the, you know, the USTA and the 55 plus over league for women. I mean, that's incredible that she would take that stance. And, you know, when you, I feel like if you're not a professional level tennis player, but you want to compete, that's, that's the arena that you compete in. And sometimes maybe this is all people have. And, you know, as a female, you would want a fair competition. You don't want to be overrun by a male. So that was really cool. Very cool. Speaking of tennis legends, I will bring up Billie Jean King. Um, she's who we essentially have to, to thank for Title IX. She's taken the total opposite approach now and has undermined everything she once fought for by now actively fighting for male inclusion in women's sports and women's spaces. Um, to me, this, as I mentioned, it takes away from what she spent 
her her life fighting for. She was a trailblazer. Mm-hmm. She is who gave me the opportunity to play and to succeed and to to grow in confidence and my leadership skills and this greater understanding of what a team is, how to contribute. Um, and now she she's totally throwing that out of the window, which blows my mind. I it's it's right. a hard realization for me to try and grasp. Um, but what's next for you? What now that you've resigned? That's a big chapter of your life that you've kind of closed or maybe not necessarily closed, but you're, you're stepping away from for now. So what's next for you? What does the future look like? So as far as the future, I am very passionate about figuring out how it is we can protect women's sports and all women's sports, whether it's scholastically, recreationally. I want all women to have a place to compete um, that is fair. So I don't know exactly what that looks like. I know that with some of the representatives in our state, um, Ben Hornock, he is my specific representative. He did put out an article um, in support of, you know, making sure that women's athletics stay women athletics. Um, I know that there is a lot of talk amongst, you know, Congress as far as how it is we can protect women's sports. And I know there's a ton of other issues that are, that are important. And I feel that, Whatever it is that I can do at my local level to help protect women athletics, that's that's my passion project right now. I think that that is what is necessary, and somebody has to. Somebody has to hold the line. So, passion project. I love that term. <laughs> oh my gosh! Because you're right. That's exactly what this is. Um, mm-hmm. And again, speaking for myself, it was a passion I didn't even know I had until I was directly impacted. Um, mm-hmm. But I think locking arms, doing everything we can, um, coaches, parents, medical professionals, of course, the athletes themselves, both male and female officials. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's it's so crucial. We lock arms and we say enough is enough. And we hold the line, just as you mentioned. Um, yep. I just want to say another thank you to both you and your mom. Um, y'all are like a power duo. I love it. <laughs> um, but I could be, and I speak for so many when I say this, we couldn't be more grateful for you and your sacrifice because it is, it's a sacrifice to take the stance that you've taken. Um, but it's so worth it. And you're, you're fighting mm-hmm. for so many. So thank you. Thank you. Thank, thank you. you. Of course. Well, thank you. Thank you so much for, for your sacrifice and for taking the stand and, and the heat. I know that there was a lot of heat. <laughs> Always. <laughs> but when it's, you know, my, my motto is, they wouldn't shoot at something they don't want to hit. Um, we're over the target and onward. I, I think people are starting to, they're becoming more bold. They're becoming empowered and knowing that it's liberating to say the truth. And, and you are a perfect example of that. Thanks for listening to the Games for Girls podcast. Uh, coming up on next Wednesday's edition of the Games for Girls podcast, we have Dr. Carol Hooven. Uh, she's going to join the show as we follow the science. Make sure to like and subscribe to the podcast on Outkick, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.